I'm Sophia. I'm Katie. And I'm Nusha. And welcome to Classical Baddies. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about repertoire. Okay, so uh, repertoire is something that's really important for classical musicians, specifically for us as opera uh, singers. And uh, so we, we have to build our book of repertoire uh, so that when we go into the performing world, we have a list of things that we can have prepared to sing for recitals, for concerts and, you know, things that we've heard, even if we haven't necessarily learned it. Yeah. And yeah. especially being four weeks into our first semester of whatever year we're in, I know that we're all either just picking repertoire or just starting to really, really learn the repertoire. Just starting to pile it on, you know, whether it's art songs, arias, and whatnot. The tough part that uh, comes with learning repertoire is that, you know, with something like COVID where we had to leave for a few months, sometimes you are working on a piece of repertoire and it's working really, really well for you. And then you go away for a few months and you're not working and then you come back to it and you've had a bit of vocal growth and then it just doesn't sit the same way in your voice and it can feel so different. Yeah, exactly. I know for me, um, my bottom, uh, the bottom notes in my voice, <laughs> I, they left for a little while and I... Where did they go? <laughs> I wasn't working them as much as I should have on break, which was not optimal for when I came back and I was like, oh yeah, listen to me sing a C3 and I was like... Ugh. <laughs> yeah the worst part is when you're a soprano and you can't sing high notes oh my god i went <laughs> i recently came out of that dark period that dark dark period i know i was oh gosh i was missing everything in like my upper register and i think because what i'm actually having to do right now is sometimes you just like take a step back like you go through a period of like vocal change or you know you go through some stuff Life's hard, and you just have to go back to the basics, pick some nice, simple rap that's really just gonna be focused towards, you know, improving yourself and your voice and taking you through those steps because a lot of those pieces will serve to help you grow as a musician as well as being just absolutely beautiful pieces on their own. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, well, especially what you just said, is taking it back and really learning the rap, but I don't think a lot of people who don't sing or aren't musicians know how we prepare repertoire or how we work on it well you know what one thing that's really difficult is that when you're a student in an opera program or something like that you can feel really pressured to start working on arias and really getting into yeah. the big repertoire and figuring out what your voice is and singing that music but you know sometimes you have to take that step back or you have to take that time in the beginning to really learn the basics, the art songs, the leader, yeah. so that you can set your voice up in a proper way. When you get to the bigger things, it doesn't feel so stressful and difficult. You've learned mm -hmm. how to sing properly. The teacher I'm, I'm with right now, something she told me was that you should really be sticking to your art songs, and your art songs are so beautiful until like the opera arias really feel like the next logical step. Also, if we, for some reason, have people who are non-musicians, when we say rep, it's just short for repertoire. I feel like I need to clear that up, mainly because I told someone I sing classical rep, and they went, what? Like, Jay-Z? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I am the very major of the modern major mineral. No. The what? <laughs> the major modern mineral? Yeah. <laughs> major modern mineral. Yeah. That's, why did you say that like it was rap, too? Like, you have the hand sign up and everything. <laughs> I think that sometimes you know when I started uh, my first year I had been singing some arias already with my previous teacher and when I went into my first year my new teacher was like 
uh, no, I think we should start with all art songs. And I was so disappointed. I was like, well, am I not good enough? What What's going wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I was just really, like, really excited to get back into Arias. And it took me a couple years to realize, wow, I'm actually really glad that I took that time working on mm-hmm. those things because it would just be too much to be singing those big things all at the beginning. Oh, yeah. 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 I have talked to my new vocal coach at my new school, and she was like, you know, we all have new voice teachers this year that we're all just starting out with, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it definitely yeah. is difficult. I, in my four years that I've been where I'm at. <laughs> you know, the place with the thing. <laughs> the place with the thing. <laughs> the place where the, with the thing where we do, you know. Where we do sing song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had three different teachers which is not normal generally you stick with one teacher but unfortunately there were some circumstances at my school that led to me having a couple different teachers and you know you learn a lot from that but it's also difficult because your voice needs some consistency well yeah yeah, I had the same problem at my last school where I would have had three different teachers except in my last year I decided you know what I'm not gonna sing in the school I'm gonna go back to my mentor and sing with her because I wasn't feeling stable my technique because of feeling so unstable was going completely out the window not to mention that my teacher before the one that I have now that I was working with before I would have had a third teacher just wasn't the right fit for you she wasn't quite the right fit just for my voice personally Mm -hmm. Yeah, there has to be a certain degree of synergy from teacher to student because it really does depend on like the student-teacher combo. Yeah. It's very specific and they have to be using... Because singing can be so, I guess, subjective. And so the personal. Yeah, yeah, so personal. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be just about, you know, your voice. It can also just be about your personality. Yeah. You know, some people work better with tough love, someone that'll push them. Mm. And then some people work better with people who give positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. someone that encourages them. And, you know, both ways work for different people. You just have to find the right person for you. Oh, totally. Exactly. I'm so thankful for my current teacher and for my mentor, who I worked with for a very long time, who are both very understanding. And we really click, I think, on a personality level. And they both really work within the body, within technique. Because as a singer, I know personally, I get very in my head about things. Yeah, me too. And... Yeah, then the voice is such a personal thing, too, because it's not like you can go out and buy a new one. And I think that's another thing, too, with choosing the right songs for you, is certain songs are definitely going to gel, and it's not always on, like, just the vocal level. Sometimes it is, too, on, like, a personal level, because, you know, if you've lost the message of your song, you're not really communicating anything particular. (laughs) You know, with repertoire, actually, I find that each person has something that fits better in their voice. I know, personally, leader and German works fit better with me. Mm-hmm. And I also like the language more, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? I personally find that Italian works best for me. Not because I speak Italian, not because I really understand it um, without Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> A singer's best friend. Oh, always. <laughs> personally, I find Italian to be very free-flowing, especially with emotions, and it gives you that very free feeling with your technique. And mm-hmm. um, I've learned... To light? F- yeah, very light and flowy mm-hmm. and... Because you're singing in some of the purest vowels, um, because singers often use Italian vowels to learn placement. It also just feels nice to sing. Mm. What about you, Sophia? What's your favorite? I've been burned before by French art song, but I do <laughs> I do really enjoy it. And I think it's just been a matter of, you know, finding ones that actually agree with me. But mm. I think the one that's been the most consistent might be Italian. And surprisingly, English, evil. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's, I guess it's, it's really just because we're so used to speaking a certain way and our... You fall into those habits. Dirty North American diction. Yeah. <laughs> Cursed. Yeah. Vile. Yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't serve you know, your purpose very well. Each language yeah. comes with its challenges, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I find that French music throws you too far into your nose. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that can make it difficult to allow yourself to be in that free-flowing open space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, German stuff, diction. Diction oh, is the hardest yeah. thing. If you have a hard time with the German language, you're going to have a hard time singing. Yeah. It's just because there's a lot of glottal stops in German. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know how to keep singing through those glottal stops, your air is just going to keep stopping. Ra- like, And you're just never going to make it through yeah. anything. Especially when you hit the sound yeah stop yourself like dead stop yourself if you try like, to sing like, like mich and you go mich you're just you're just gonna die like yeah you hack up I've a hairball in the process yeah, yeah. yeah. and italians do this really funny thing where they like to put like all the vowels on one note in, like on, like a, yeah you have to go through like note. four different vowels on one note yeah and yeah. then it has to be really clear as well and you're like i oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i know uh, or you know one that i actually didn't know until last year it's like languages like czech or russian if you're not a native speaker of those languages it's really difficult to produce the like the zh sounds yeah. um and like doing those you have to figure out like oh you put your tongue on like the top of your mouth and yeah. produce like a sound and singing through that is so yeah. difficult yeah a je. <laughs> yeah yeah and je. the fun thing about eastern european languages as well is that they don't like vowels as you have entire words that have no vowels in them and they're yeah. all consonants like the word for death is smirt and that's there's not a single vowel in there not a single well, vowel and i just did an mm-hmm. offer last year um where it was in like six or seven different languages what? but they're yeah oh. and so there's czech there's Polish, there's um, Yiddish, there, <laughs> yeah, all these different languages. Most of them are really, really difficult languages that most of us don't hear very often. Yeah. So, such an interesting opera, so yeah. amazing, and such a good message. Yeah. But it was such a cool experience yeah. being in that opera and like listening to those different languages and figuring out how to actually make it through those things. Yeah, and it's always really interesting when it's not like the four standards that we have to study. Uh, I sing mm-hmm. in Latin for my audition. I'm oh, so yeah. Latin is yeah. super different. I'm from... surprised we don't do more of that because all the old religious stuff, that's all in Latin you know, for yeah. a certain date. Yeah, I think that's because you'd have to find someone who's focusing more on oratorio yeah you know yes. because right now we're focused more on the art song and the opera yeah people forget to look at oratorio yeah, yeah well, and then or they look at handle oratorio and then that's not in latin no it's no. sometimes not. and <laughs> speaking of handle what composers do you like to sing because we all know that they composed in different languages or in multiple languages. Different styles. Mm-hmm. Different yeah. styles, yeah. Different eras. So I'm going to challenge your music history knowledge now. Um, who is your favorite Baroque composer? You know, there's Bach, there's Handel. Um, those are the most well-known ones. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've been at some of the little Italian art songs I've done, but there's no one that particularly, like, pops out. Was Chesty Baroque? Because I think I've sung Chesty and I really enjoyed oh, the works of his that I did. I've sung Handel before and I, I do really enjoy Handel because I know I did Messiah with a choir and I actually really like Messiah. Like it was definitely a really steep learning curve at first because it was something I hadn't 
scene and it was like first year of university uh, i was kind of thrown to the deep end with that one but i actually really really enjoyed it yeah a bach i'm trying to think of what i've sung by him like queer respect seat something from the magnificat oh that I've, was re- that one's so I've sung beautiful that. so beautiful yeah. but it's a real learning curve like a really challenging yeah. song to sing if you haven't sung much before because it really just makes you jump right into that well i'm gonna use quotation marks but high note that's right there at the beginning mm. it has to be so smooth and like light and ethereal it's a real just it's a test it piece it. our teacher would give it to us as a test yeah piece. But I, the other bach i sang i'm i actually got not going to name it um but it made me want to put my head through a wall <laughs> with handle um there's lots of different operas that you can look at like katie yeah. is there one that you oh um i was gonna say vivaldi actually oh has yeah historically in my life been one of my favorite composers period hmm. um mainly i know he's baroque i think yeah he's baroque yeah okay i forgot to pretty sure he's baroque um i know he's from he we're gonna get a call from our old music history <laughs> teachers being like hey you guys Vix- um i know you, i know you sorted you out but uh, I'm calling you to tell you you failed. We're dropping you. We're cutting your GPA in half. <laughs> but Vivaldi really has been one of my favorite composers of all time. Uh, and that's mainly because, one, he broke the world by saying... Uh, he by broke saying the world? He broke the world. Oh, God. By saying voices are just like violins. He also had a full female orchestra. And yeah. he taught them all himself. Well, in the era of Bach and like Handel, I feel like there was a lot more boy sopranos singing yeah, things yeah. Castratis. and castratis. Um, yeah, those are unethical now. But I really like Handel. I really like Cleopatra in particular. I love Cleopatra. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are some arias that I was like, oh, I love. And then I started working on them. And I was like, oh, God, I've done this too many times now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm starting to take a look at Alcina. But yeah, so, okay, so that's Baroque. Yeah. yeah. And then follows. Classical. Classical, there's yeah. Mozart. And oh, there's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I have an education yeah. in classical music. There's Mozart. There's Haydn. German at this point, too. And Beethoven technically is like right in Beethoven? the middle there. He's on the Beethoven. teetering edge, you know? Well, he <laughs> was the end of classical, beginning yeah. of romantic. Romantic, yeah. He's yeah. ushered in the romantic. Um, Mozart's amazing because, uh, well, I like Mozart. I know some singers don't like Mozart. <laughs> it's me. Um, <laughs> Mozart really was the first person that started producing music for women. Yeah. He did love his sopranos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, for the ones he hated, he made them cluck like a chicken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, but, well, sorry, if you don't get that, he hated one particular soprano who on her high notes would raise her head and then lower it back down again. Mm-hmm. And so he kept putting jumping high notes in it. To just watch her head bob like maybe, a chicken. Um, but either way, so he got his revenge. But he is a good learning tool. For young singers yeah. because he shows you different placements it's called mozart placement or at least that's how we were taught it and it has all these different places that teaches you how to flow through your air and and with different uh heights of notes and and all that kind of stuff so i i like mozart a lot and it's something that can grow with you you know as you start you can start with smaller roles and then grow into bigger and bigger roles yeah i know both of you like mozart yes because you both like mozart placement because you're both sopranos not that I'm not possibly a soprano. Who knows? But um, I never... I like Mozart's music. I wrote um, speeches on him like three years in a row when I was a child. So for like school. I loved Mozart. And then I started cool. singing Mozart. And now I don't. Um, <laughs> I prefer 
honestly, I prefer, uh, even though he's not a classical era composer, I prefer Brahms or Schumann, Schubert. Schumann. <laughs> Schumann. Schumann. <laughs> okay, come on. Um, yeah, no, I I prefer romantic stuff uh, mm. personally because it's much grander, um, and I feel that my voice fits it better. Romantic era yeah. music sits really well in the voice. Oh, oh. yeah. Um, I mean, the Italians, like with the bel canto style, were all about seeing what the voice could do and how to make it the most beautiful it could be, and how the singer could show off to the best of their abilities. I think German music had a huge growth at that point too. Yeah. Oh, because oh, it yeah. was sure. it was dominated by Italian music for a really long time, yeah. and I think during this time in in the Romantic era, German music really had this growth and it grew in popularity. As yeah, well. well, I mean, look at who came out of Vienna, Beethoven. <laughs> And then Beethoven taught a lot of people. Oh God, Beethoven Why is are a we fan. So bad at names. <laughs> no, look, Beethoven is a fantastic composer, but he did not know how to write music for voices. No. If you look at any music that he's produced that singers have to sing in, all the sopranos are shrieking high notes the whole time. Is uh, are you still? Is this? Are you traumatized by experiencing the Ninth Symphony? Is yes. This what we're talking about. I am. <laughs> And then personally uh, victimized. Raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Beethoven. Me, <laughs> all of us. And then when you look at his music in Fidelio, mm. I'm you not know, familiar with that Fidelio. That is yeah. one of the hardest operas. Every single role requires a phenomenal singer with a huge voice. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. like that with all of his music. That's what he's really well known for was like pushing the limits of every instrument because. And you know, time, yeah. he produced some beautiful music. Oh, yeah. It's just not very nice to the singer. Yeah. But I mean, it's the kind who of cares music, about yeah. the singer as long as they sound good, right? Yeah. If they can sound good. Well, yeah. <laughs> so one composer, I really like Brahms. And uh, yeah. I know Brahms, Clara, and Robert Schumann were really good friends. And, uh, and yeah, uh, weird love triangle, yeah. Oh yeah, we <laughs> well, love that saucy, saucy story. Okay, Robert this is Schum- off off theme, but I feel it needed to because it's the funniest thing anyone's ever said to me about this. But someone compared it to Twilight because oh, no. Robert and Clara Schumann were together, and then Brahms, and then when Brahms then fell in love with their daughter. like what was her name julia he moved on to the daughter daughter. so it's it's twilight yeah it's twilight i mean canon i know that when robert johannes brahms is jacob (laughs) (laughs) the initials are the same no oh no (laughs) um sorry you like brahms Also, I love that someone said that you can define most of Brahms' music by just substituting the words, why, Clara, why don't you love me? And it works perfectly. Um, Um, Sorry, I just needed to roast Brahms for some reason. Great guy, great composer. So then, (laughs) uh, Robert Schumann, uh, you know, had his sort of mental break. And he was... Yeah, really bad syphilis. Sorry. (laughs) They all had syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) So Robert, you know, he went to, um, I think a men's, men, uh, like a mental institution. Yeah. Uh, and then Robert, uh, sorry, Robert, no, you, uh, Johannes. <laughs> Johannes. <laughs> Brahms kept in touch with Clara and helped, um, you know, support her and help raise the kids a little bit because they did have quite a few kids together. Um, he had syphilis. Sorry. He, oh. <laughs> I it. He had late stage syphilis. Thank and it you. really damaged his brain. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it damages your brain. Yeah. No, no, I just, yeah. I just didn't. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so he had syphilis. Uh, 
Um, so, but you know, he produced some really great music. Uh, <laughs> I know that actually, I'm not sure. Um, I think Schubert produced a lot of really good music during that time too. Um, yeah, there's he one. He died so young too, oh, so but young. he produced so much music. It's so sad to think what he might have done if he'd just gotten a little longer. I mean, that can be said with a lot of them. Like Mozart was only in his thirties when he died too. Like, yeah, well, who knows Beethoven how much work he would have produced? Died you know. Old. But, like, he was one of the rare ones to die mm-hmm. old. Him, Haydn, who is another classical era composer, mm-hmm. something like 20 years before Mozart, uh, Haydn was born, but he outlived him, God, by a fair amount. Mozart outlived Haydn? No, Haydn, Haydn outlived Haydn. Mozart. Well, Mozart was a playboy, that one. Oh, yeah, well. He I'm... lived his life hard and fast. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. The original <laughs> party boy rocks. <laughs> I mean, he basically was a rock star. I mean, I don't remember which composer which composer it was who would leave their gloves on the piano when they were done and then walk away. And when he was done and when he would leave, um, the women would just swarm the piano to try and get his gloves. To return it to him? No, or just to have it? To have them. He, like I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. But I would hate to be his glove maker. Like, buddy, I just made you a pair. Why do you keep leaving them? <laughs> <laughs> don't value my work. <laughs> um. Yeah, so repertoire. <laughs> um, well... Well, because we've been talking about composers, I thought we could talk about female composers, like Mm -hmm. Clara Schumann. Yeah, or uh, one of my favorites is Pauline Viardot. Mm. Oh, Uh, yeah, you just played some of her stuff today. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. I just think that female composers don't get enough recognition. Like, Clara Schumann's works were put under as Robert Robert Schumann's music for a really long time. Yeah, we don't even know totally everything that was was hers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the same with Uh, Franny Mendelssohn. Yeah, or um, Mozart's sister as well, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. God. I, shame I feel... on us for forgetting her name. I know. Shame <laughs> on us. We could just call her Mozart. Her brother gets that recognition. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Mozart. Honestly, the real Mozart. Sorry, the true Mozart. She was born first. I'm sorry, Amadeus who? <laughs> sorry, who's Wolfgang Amadeus? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Maria and Mozart. Oh, Maria yeah. and Mozart. Yeah, and it's annoying. You search Maria and Mozart, and Mozart's picture comes up first. Yeah. Of course. Of and, course. And because she was the original prodigy. Like, she was the one that they were actually coming to see. Her brother kind of got tacked on, but then because she had to get married and was forced to retreat from a public life, she never got to... You know... You know, fulfill the destiny that she should have fulfilled. Yeah, and they recently put a statue up of her, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, I think that it sucks that women have been forced to kind of hide behind male figures in their life. Oh, it sucks is such a mild word. Um, <laughs> that's an understatement. Such a mild word. It's but, just, do you know how much brilliant music we could have had if no. half of the world population or that we have. wasn't denied? Yeah, yeah. That we have that we have no idea. Franny mm-hmm. Mendelssohn, she composed under her brother's name. He mm-hmm. has op ops opuses, yeah, that uh, people say are his, but you can sort of tell by the style that they were written yeah. that they're not him. He did not write those, um, and her parents told her like, "You need to be a wife. You are not allowed to be a composer." And uh, in her journals that they have, she speaks of how the reason she didn't become a composer is because of her wifely duties and her need to be a. Have a family and you know, be a wife. Yeah, and you know, I think that we'll do an episode specifically on female composers oh, one day. Really deserves its own episode because it really has so much tacked on yeah, to it truly. that I just I would love to delve into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've sung Clara Schumann, and her stuff is me too. So it's wonderful, beautiful, beautiful. It's very so wonderful, and it's 
I don't know, at least the ones that I've done are just so joyful. Yeah. They or just fill you with it. Yeah. Or you can find ones like Pauline Viardo has this one that's not joyful. Uh, okay. It's this one called Ailuli. And it's the story of this woman whose lover has disappeared or she can't find him. And she says, like, come back to me, come back to me. And then she says, if I can't have him, I'll burn this whole village down. She's <laughs> a determined lady. She is very, she wants what she wants. And she, she sets goals. Yeah. You know? Um, she's the icon for classical baddies. <laughs> Except I don't think we're going to burn down a village. Yeah, if you can't get. You don't you heard think it. we're going to burn down. <laughs> you heard it first on this podcast, our first piece of advice. Uh, if the man you want doesn't love you. Burn down a village. No, we're not <laughs> encouraging this. Uh, no, <laughs> we're not endorsing this. We're not encouraging people to burn things down. But coming back to repertoire, overall, I think there's some amazing repertoire, no matter the composer, no matter the genre or era. Um, I think people have things that they like more or less. Um, but overall, like it's pretty bomb. <laughs> I know. And that's something I've just had so much joy because I stepped into like the classical singing game. I think I've the been singing the least amount of time. Out, I've definitely been singing the least amount of time out of the three of us. Because you guys were already singing well before me, I'm pretty sure. Right? I think only for about maybe a year or two before you. Yeah. yeah. I know, Katie, Katie, you've been in the game for a while. I don't know. But for me, anyways, the point I'm getting yeah. to, what I've discovered in the joy of it is that how much, like hundreds of years of just excellent music i've discovered i was but yeah a lot of people think is that opera is just one tone yeah and it's just it's really anything that doesn't sound i guess that kind of i guess i don't know any other way to describe it than like the more modern sound like as soon as you get a little head voicey they're like opera and you're like sir no sit down please as soon as you have a little bit of head voice they're like wow so classical I know. I find that as soon as you have a larger, rounder sound, people are automatically like, oh, are you singing opera? And you're like... My favorite opera is Phantom of the Opera. Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. I went through a very strong Phantom of the Opera phase. Okay, but but not not as an opera. It's not an opera. No, Phantom of the Opera is not an opera. Stylistically, it borrows elements. Okay, so... We're so off topic. Oh, my God. uh, We're going to pull this back. Back around. Anyways, we discovered lots of... There's such wonderful music. So many things it's like, check out. Besides, I guess, the... the, I can't speak today. What is wrong with me? I was about to be mainstream. Well, yeah. I mean, like, when you think of opera, people, like, immediately think Wagner and, like, a woman with, like, a Viking hat on shrieking. Oh, Brunhilde. Brunhilde, yeah. yeah. I think that's entirely from Looney Tunes. I think... Yeah. Yeah. Because kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Oh, okay. Well, I think that repertoire is a really important piece of becoming a musician and learning the repertoire is very important. I think I already said that. But not only is it a way for you to grow as a musician, it's a way for you to grow your practice and really your voice as well. And find out what you like to sing and what kinds of music you want to sing in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, my teacher used to tell me that it is our job as musicians to know the repertoire. Mm -hmm. All of it. And so, yeah, I think that we've had a lot of growth uh, in the time that we've been studying music um and i really hope that while you guys listen to us maybe you guys can learn some things that you didn't know or um maybe have a fondness for classical music grow 
in you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to continue to listen to us or maybe interact with us a little bit, you can always find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're now uh, putting our podcast on SoundCloud, um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Google Music. If you go to our social media account, you can check out our card site and find everywhere that we're streaming. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Or I guess you'll hear us next week. Listen to us next week, please. Yeah. Please. Don't forget to like and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us spread and And share us with your friends if you think that you like us and want to listen to more. And uh, let us know if there's something that you'd like to hear in particular. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.